1: Hi, I'm Mary Henderson, and I help industry experts commercialize and systemize and digitalize their knowledge, wisdom, and skill set into a brand and a six-figure-plus coaching or a consulting business.
0: Mary, thank you for being here today. This is going to be a great conversation. And here's why. Personal branding is something that's kind of a foreign concept for most lawyers. I mean, it's not something that, unless you're a marketing person, that I think a lot of people are familiar with, especially lawyers. So we're going to tie it in, we're going to talk about what it is, tie it in, but then tie it into business and what that means for your bottom line and why you should care about all of that stuff. So it's not just that kind of woo-woo conversation. We're going to talk about why it matters. Today's big question is going to be, why are lead generation and personal branding two sides to the same coin? Thank you for being here. We know that you are an internationally recognized personal branding coach, so this is your area of expertise. This is the things that you talk about all the time. Let's talk about first, what do you mean by personal branding and, and what is that?
1: Great question, Karen. Um, The most simplistic form of personal branding is you, the human, are the business. And let's think about this for a moment, whether you're a lawyer, uh, you know, as an employee or a lawyer as the principal of the organization, or whether you're an influencer or an entrepreneur, people buy from people. Let's yes. never forget that. And we actually forget that that when I'm buying an Apple computer, I'm buying it from a human. I'm not buying it from Apple as in an entity, a robot. I'm buying it from a human being. So we have to come back to that level of humanization and understand that in an organisation there are lots of humans that are essentially walking brands because every one of us have uniqueness. We all have individual gifts, individual talents, individual value systems, passions, things that we can do with ease and grace that other people can't do. Could you imagine, Karen, packaging that, not a job description, packaging who each individual is in their truest form of their natural state of being and turning that into a brand rather than a job description? Could you imagine the difference that that would make in an organization? So that in its simplest form is my explanation.
0: So are you suggesting that people should kind of think in terms of a personal brand instead of a job description when they're thinking in terms of hiring? When
1: I was in corporate and I was VP of sales and I had a massive sales team, We ditched our job descriptions and every single person in that team became a brand. It wasn't a coincidence that we turned that business from 4 million into 54 million in a 48 month period. Was that a coincidence? No. No. What happened was that every individual was allowed to be unapologetically themselves every day. And what I did is I matched the persona with the portfolio. So there was banter that the client and the salesperson could feed off each other's energies and it was just the best thing I've ever done in my entire life and that was you know 22 20 years ago
0: okay so let's break down some of these marketing ideas in terms of what does it mean to match that persona to the portfolio i'm thinking of a traditional job description like you will do you know perform the following tasks and, you know, show up from nine to five and do the following things. And these are the metrics that we care about. How do you then convert that into a persona?
1: Well, the thing is that what we do in a job description current is we look at half of a person, not the 24 hour version of the person. So that's the very first thing, because I want to know what your passions are outside of nine to five. For example, let me give you an example. This is actually a really good example. What if I am passionate about cooking and in my spare time, I've created a YouTube cooking show. Okay, like it's just, it's just my, it's a hobby That's I'm not monetizing. I might be making a little bit of money because of, you know, because I, I'm getting a lot of people watching my videos, but can you just see the skill in that? Like just yeah. that, that in itself, the skill of actually understanding videography, understanding how to create a story, how to create beautiful photography, um, just being able to articulate yourself on camera, understanding social media, you know, and learning from your mistakes and what you can, and you know, making your videos better and better. Imagine me taking that knowledge into my organization, do you think that it would be a value to the organization? Of course. But also, let's look at that person who is really comfortable with being in front of a camera. Could that person then be a brilliant negotiator? Or Because when I had my sales team, if somebody was brilliant at presenting, I would get them to buddy up. And I would say, look, you know, this person is way more powerful at presenting. Get that person to come in, do the presentation and you support them with your skill, which is negotiation. So together you're working for the same company. No one's going to take the sale away from you, but now we're collaborating. Now we're working like a real team. It's not about me. It's about us. So they're the sort of things that I look at. So the persona In personal branding terms, is how do I want the outside world to perceive me? How do I want the outside world to feel about me? How do I want the outside world to remember me? So, all of these aspects of me as a brand really matter if I want to be known for something and remembered at the same time.
0: So, I have so many questions about that. But the first one is when you're thinking in terms of a persona, is this a personality test or is it something that you can craft? So if you're an attorney and you really want to be known for a certain thing and maybe you're building that up and you're not necessarily known for that yet, is that something you can craft or is it more like we are going to tap into the skills that you have already embedded in you and we have to find that skill and build on it and if it's not there, we're not going to pay attention to it or, or how does that work? They're two separate things, actually, because I'm looking at a skill set.
1: I'm looking at a specialization. What is it that I can do for sure? Okay, so that's the very first thing. Because what we do is we just look at skill set. You know, as a person that's working as a lawyer, for example, the skill set is just one one part of that human's abilities. Okay, so it's important. It's absolutely critical. But then we've got other attributes as well. Well, what about your values? How does that fit in? What about your story? What does that story look like? That's actually made up of not just skills. The story is made up of knowledge, skills that becomes your wisdom. So when I'm investing in a lawyer, I'm investing in the wisdom I don't care about your skills. I know you've got the skills. I don't want you to tell me, well, look, I'm a brilliant negotiator. I'm great. I don't want to know that. I already know that you've put your hard work in and your studies. You've probably had 15, 20 years of experience. I'm buying your wisdom. That's, that's, the, that's actually what I want. So we have to separate the skills with this is what I know how to do for sure and the other side, the persona, a personality test actually does help, sort of, kind of. It, it becomes a part of the process. But I like to define my persona based on an archetype or even, you know, you can look at things like uh, actors or actresses that you may mainly resonate with what is it about that person that you resonate with is it the way that they dress is it the way that they articulate themselves is it the colors that they you know that they wear you, we have to create the persona that matches who we are in our natural state of being so for example i may like madonna for example but I don't want to be Madonna. Like, I don't want the outside world to see me as Madonna,
0: God forbid. Yeah, that would be kind of an interesting sales pitch.
1: (laughs) You know, it has to be, you've got to put things in context and also it has to be palatable. You want people to be able to connect with you first and foremost from a heart level, not from a head level, because the heart is where the persona starts. It's, I feel like this when I'm with you. You know, I love the way that you look, I love the language that you look. The persona is made up of so many different aspects and all these things that I'm mentioning here are all critical parts of the process. There's language that I use as part of my ecosystem, if you will, as part of my persona, as part of my brand. That's really exclusive to me because it makes sense. It's in context. You know, somebody else may use it. I've had some of my clients that use my language and I'm like, listen, that's just not going to work for you. Like that's just wrong on so many (laughs) levels
0: like wearing the wrong outfit. It's like wearing somebody else's clothes. Yeah. Yeah. And
1: so yeah. it's all
0: about connecting at that
1: soul core heart level, because that's where the conversation starts. The connection always starts from there, especially when we look at a personal brand and it's all about the human. We've got to take it back to the heart first.
0: Okay. So we're starting to define all of these things that are at the core of the experiences that we've had and and this persona but then what does that have to do with lead generation and I know I've read some of your your work and you talk a lot about how you don't start with lead generation yes. so um so so how do they work together and what does this persona have to do with that
1: well this is a great question because so many people that are in business the first thing is I've got to get the sale I need to get clients I've got to build my business okay so that is the wrong place to start. It's the wrong attitude and it will backfire. I actually call that an uphill battle. Now let's think about this for a moment. I want to break this down for your audience. If I don't know who I am as a brand, how do I get my messaging right? That's step number one. What is the language I'm going to use to be able to start that conversation with my target audience? For example this is what I do with absolute clarity. This is who I serve with absolute clarity. This is what I promise with absolute clarity. That falls under branding. That does not fall under lead generation, okay? Right. And then we move down and also understanding my color palettes, my look, my feel, my tone, my voice, what does my entire architecture look like? What's my brand truth? So what is? what are the things that I'm going to be talking about on social media, off social media, on a keynote, a panel discussion, podcast interviews? What are the things that I want to be known for? All of that falls under your brand. So right. if I don't clarify all of that architecture and build that solid foundation my lead generation should always be the effect of that cause. Always, always. But what people do is they make the lead generation, the cause and everything else, the effect. Can you see that there's no connection? And so it becomes an uphill battle. So if I want to wrap a layered lead generation strategy, when I'm working with a client, I have to I have to, I've got no choice, but to go through that process, you know, defining your personal brand essence, understanding what your solution looks like, truly, you know, building the digital assets to support all of that. So you're believable, you're trustable, so you can give people an ecstatic brand experience. Then we go to the lead generation strategy because that's the effect of all of that amazing work. And it becomes so easy to draw or what I would say pull the right people into your ecosystem and start the right conversation because that person knows exactly what they're getting themselves into.
0: Yeah, exactly. I've I was thinking of two different examples while you were talking. There's a lot of clients that will approach us, and the first thing they want to start with is SEO because they've heard so much about it. It's sort of this mystery uh, thing that nobody really understands too much about, and so it seems like maybe there's a golden ticket there. And they've been burned. Oftentimes they've been burned by other SEO providers in the past. And it's so easy for me to see that, you know, you just throw out all of this. It's it's like putting the cart before the horse yeah. because you are throwing out all of these ideas. And you know, I often will tell them, you know, just ranking is not the end goal. Just because you rank well on Google, then what happens? Then they land on your website and your website is a mess and you don't know what you're saying. And then the second example is, okay, let's say they actually do pick up the phone and call you. What are you going to (laughs) say? When they ask you, why should I hire you? What is your answer? You have not figured this stuff out yet. And so then, then it's a bad experience all the way around and then you're stumbling. And so you have to have all of these steps in place before someone is going to land on the website, before someone is going to pick up the phone, you kind of have to back into all of these things that you need before you open up your doors to start then having people call you and ask these questions. Uh, It makes so much sense, but I feel like there's a lot of places that don't, a lot of people just start opening a firm and they don't really know what the right sequence is. And so it does seem like, okay, well, I'll just start by trying to get some money and some clients in the door, because that seems like the most desperate need, but it really is not step one.
1: I agree with you. And also the thing is that if you can't articulate what you do, who you serve and what you promise in one sentence, then how do you actually show up in the world and sell your services? If you can't actually do that, like that is the number one rule. And I always think of this, 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 this idea, Karen, this, 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 um, notion of, being at a dinner party you're sitting next to somebody who you've never met before and they turn to you like most people would do and say what do you do what is it that you do and you'll say oh um well uh oh well well today I'm this and tomorrow I'm I'm by the way did I tell you that I'm also and you're like oh my god 45 minutes later get me out of here (laughs) wouldn't it be better to say hey what do you do I'm a personal branding specialist oh wow what's that I help you know, industry experts. And then I go into my spiel, it takes me 10 seconds. And then it starts a much more meaningful conversation.
0: Yeah. And it's not just the answer shouldn't also should not just be I'm a lawyer, or I'm a lawyer in X city, there should be uh, like you described, it has to talk about who you help and answer all of those questions, so that it's a like you said a more meaningful conversation. I think that's really valuable. Just starting with that elevator pitch, I feel like a lot of people. I can't tell you how many people I've talked to and have come on the podcast, and they don't even have that piece together. <laughs> and it's like, okay, let's let's spend an extra five minutes here today and help you out with that. <laughs> so it's you know it's all those critical step one. <laughs> pieces that, that what I want. exactly so tell us more about okay we've got this idea that we need to not start with the lead generation we start with the personal branding and then that leads towards step two which is the lead generation because you now have this understanding yep. of who you're serving what kind, of, what kind of problems you solve you've got that messaging and it's all, all the pieces are coming together so what are some examples of I'm sure you've worked with companies that weren't starting from, from step one, that maybe had had some experience, didn't have these things in the right place, and then you came in and helped them really reposition and get the right pieces in place. How did that change just their whole process and their business and how things were kind of flowing through?
1: I think that the thing that I do really well is I extract from an individual their accumulated knowledge, wisdom, and skills. So most lawyers will have thousands of hours of accumulated knowledge, wisdom, and skills. And I like to take that internal inventory and break it down into what I call a methodology. Because if just think about this in a firm, a legal firm, you don't, you may specialize in say family law, and that's all you do. But there are other firms that have multiple specializations. Wouldn't it be more compelling to actually have individuals actually talk to a client about their specialization in the form of how they approach it, their process or system or their phases, however they want to describe it. Because then what you're looking at is you've got a firm, look at it as a circle. And in that circle, it's made up of different types of attorneys. Imagine if every attorney had a real specialization. You've now got a perfect circle because you've got lots of wisdom in that ecosystem. It's very, very powerful. When we get to the lead generation strategy, I like layered lead generation strategies. And my focus is very much on organic reach because I think that organic reach is very powerful. And then to support that with paid advertising, it makes it even more potent. But I love organic because it's where I can actually have the capacity and the ability and the opportunity to connect with people at a much deeper, deeper level. And so when we have a layered lead generation approach, we become omnipresent in the eyes of our target audience. And what people do wrong, Karen, is they want to be everywhere today. So they want to, you know, uh, target a billion people and they want to be famous and, you know, and and they just think that it just happens overnight. But you see, that's the wrong attitude to have. I don't need a billion people. I only need my target audience. I need to understand where they hang out and that's it. And just be in front of them. Period. I do not need to be everywhere. I just need to know that they're in these Facebook groups. They listen to these type of podcasts. You know, they're on uh, here on LinkedIn. They belong in these places on LinkedIn. They go to these type of events. So I want to be in front of that audience knowing where they hang out. And that's where lead generation needs to actually start. We have to really dig deep and understand with absolute clarity, where is my target audience? And How do I use all of these amazing platforms that are available to me so I can get in front of them? And then what is my message? What is my core message that I want to take to the world? Because I want to be known as the go-to expert in just that one area that I know for sure. I don't want to be a little bit of cryptocurrency today, personal (laughs) break tomorrow, weight loss the day after, spirituality four days later. Just stay in your lane because when you're in your lane, you become two keywords I use all the time believable and trustable.
0: Oh, that's so good. I recently spoke to someone who was talking about the cost of all of that wasted focus, too. So I feel like this is almost another area that we should talk about in terms of, you know, not just stay in your lane, but the negative cost of trying to go too big. Yeah. And then the opposite of niche or niche or however, yeah. you know, you choose to pronounce that word, that, you know, everyone has this idea like you said of going giant looking at the billion people being an influencer and having millions of followers, but if you are an attorney that works with truck accidents, that is who you're looking for. And if you are suddenly getting thousands of calls for people who are um, calling about a million other things that are unrelated, that's a there's a cost and there's, there's a negative effect of all of those things. So looking at it in terms of a revenue loss yes. because you're not focused is even a more specific and targeted way of thinking about it because I think so many people get worried that if they're too narrowly focused that there's less money there. And so they get worried that, you know, that they're going to make less money. But we we all know that that's just not how it works.
1: <laughs> and I just, just even with my own example, you know, I'm yeah. in my, the elevator pitch. I used to always say, I work with coaches, consultants, and business owners. And I just found that I, and I used that for years. And then I thought, I don't work with those people. I work with industry (laughs) experts because I was able to narrow down those three types of people and the people that I work with, they self-identify as an industry expert, whether you're in corporate or whether you are a coach or a consultant or a business owner, you still would consider yourself as an industry expert. So when you get clarity like that, what also happens on, on that note is that you actually also remove the tie kickers. This is exactly yes. what happened with me. It was like all the people that I did not want to serve were just gone they disappeared but the people that I could serve I could start a mature conversation with it was yeah. meaningful and deep and it was a business conversation it wasn't about what you wanted to hear you know it was very much targeted towards those people that want to take radical action so when you can actually refine your messaging and your target audience just in the language that you use it's, it really is a game changer. And you're right, niche, 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 whatever. I don't even, I actually don't even use that language to be perfectly frank, because I think that if you're an industry expert, you're not looking for a niche or a niche. You already know who needs your yeah. solution. So start a conversation with those people only.
0: And I found for myself, when, when a project or an experience isn't going well, it's usually because they weren't quite in the right bucket in the beginning. So for some reason, there was a rule that I broke for myself, where in that initial intake, for some reason, we had a conversation and... Oftentimes, I'm close to saying no, and then I backpedal for some reason, and I always regret it. And I always come back later and find out that, oh no, I was right from the beginning, that wasn't quite the right fit. And it's not that either one of us, either one of us is a bad person or either, it just wasn't the right fit for, for either one of us. So for all of those reasons, it's so important to really be careful in your definition of all of these things, and then to stick with that Once you've defined these things about who you work with, who you don't work with, and kind of narrow those things down so that you've got the greatest clients and you're doing the best work and all the things that you're aiming to do because there's only so much time in the day.
1: (laughs) Well, exactly. And the other thing is that if I can just mention here, you know, it's about setting benchmarks, like really clear benchmarks. For example, one of my benchmarks is that if you don't have 10,000 hours of accumulated knowledge, wisdom, and skill set, I don't want to work with you. Like I'm very clear on that. That's the line. And that's why I have those benchmarks because then I always attract the right people. And one yep. more thing Karen if I can just mention, under the banner of personal branding, one area that's really important is understanding your value system. So that also becomes a benchmark as well. If somebody's not going to align with my company values or my personal values, then I have to draw a line and say this is just not going to feel right. You know, yeah. and and you know, we have to we've got to incorporate all of these aspects of who we are and be true to that.
0: Yes, yeah you know, it just comes back to that so often. And I say that all the time and I still have to remind myself all the time. It just keeps coming back. And, you know, it's just a lesson that we learn over and over and over. All right, so Mary, I know you have a whole bunch of books that you wanted to recommend. So what are the books that you wanted to suggest to the audience that are, are great books that they should read? Well, I've got three. So the first one
1: is The Essential Path by Neil Donald Walsh. So anyone that wants to go a little bit deeper on the inside, it's such a great book. I've actually got it on Audible. I listen to it all the time. I just love it. And the other two are more on the business side. One is Contagious by uh, Jonah Berger. And the other one is Influence by Robert Cialdini, which is an amazing book for anyone that wants to, you know, uh, create impact and also sales. That's just amazing for sales.
0: I've read Influence and it was so great because yeah. like you said it de- it describes how to we hear the the term thought leader all the time but this really does get to the heart of what a lot of attorneys are aiming for is to not just be that expert, but be that thought leader, or the kind of industry expert that you were describing before also, where you've got to a certain level of your career and your expertise, you've got this, you know, tons of hours of experience in a certain thing. And now, what are the next steps for you? You know, how do you get to those next steps? How do you expand that out more broadly? And then what does that mean? business-wise as well. How do you bring that in terms of strategy and business and all of that stuff? So that's those are great. We will link to all of those on the the show notes and the show page as well so that everyone can go out and get those books. So what's one big takeaway that you would like our listeners to get from this episode?
1: I think that, you know, what what I always say to people is don't look at personal branding as being famous because that is the wrong terminology. And also it has a negative connotation associated to it. We are not talking here about, you know, being Instagram famous. That is far from this conversation. We're looking at this from a mature conversation. People that genuinely have accumulated a lot of knowledge, a lot of wisdom and skills, Skill set. And the, the thing that I always like to say is, what do you do with that? Does it just become a sheer memory? So, what do you do with that? The other thing, another layer on top of that is look at that internal inventory as a way to bring value into the world, like more positive value. Have a, a mission driven. Purpose, leave a legacy. You can only do that with accumulation of knowledge, wisdom, and skill set because that is the true currency. It's the truest form of currency that we have access to. You know, we've got dollars, we've got gold, we've got silver, but your knowledge, wisdom, and skill never depreciates and it's always with you. No one can ever steal it from you. So that's the final note that I would like to leave.
0: Yeah, I think that is so great. You know, stop looking at the number of followers and all of those things. Like you said, those really do depreciate in value. Is you know over time that that is the last thing anybody's going to care about, but that knowledge that comes really back to the heart of what so many attorneys are aiming for, to find that meaning in their work and to find that legacy of of what that all of that hours of work, what is that going to mean in the long term? That is so valuable. So thank you so much for being here Mary. That was so valuable. We will link to your website, all of your work, the books that you mentioned and Mary Henderson is the internationally recognized personal branding coach thanks again so much for being here thank you Karen thank you thank you for listening to this episode of the councilcast podcast be sure to visit our website at council-cast.com for the resources mentioned on the episode and to give us your feedback if you enjoyed this episode I would appreciate if you could rate and review the podcast on apple and subscribe to your favorite podcast platform see you on the next one